This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I want to transition all right, go ahead. to some bills talk, but this is a general NFL question as we do that. The Saturday games. The Bills have been on this Saturday flex schedule thing that you guys have done now for the last several years. I expect maybe they're one of the games again this year could wind up being moved. So it's always interesting to me the five games or so that you're going to choose from. First of all, how do you decide them and what's been the response so far of those Saturday games and how you're placing them? Uh, the response uh, has been better now than it was when we first did it. I think it took a little I think it took everybody a little while to kind of understand what we were trying to do here. What it really was, honestly, was sort of that first kind of foray into flexible scheduling for something other than Sunday night football. Uh, The poster child, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm going back, I'm dating myself, but there was an NFL Network Saturday game many, many years ago, and it was Indianapolis, Baltimore. And it felt like when we schedule it in May, these were going to be two teams that were going to be playing for something down the stretch. And so we put an Indianapolis Baltimore game on the NFL network schedule late season Saturday, and we were really happy to do it. And then by about week four or five, both of those had had some struggles. And so by the time we got there, it was a game on national television that I'm not sure either team felt good about being in. I'm not sure, you know, the broadcast partner felt good about being in. You're asking a lot of, you know, the fans to tune in a non-traditional day for teams that, you know, I think we're already eliminated from playoff contention. So the TBD pool was born out of, a, you know, necessity. Like we said, none of us know anything here in May. We're guessing which of these teams are going to be good and which of these games are going to matter down the stretch. So we've been selecting five games a weekend and calling them TBD, and everybody knows it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. We'll figure it out when we get there. The good news is if you're playing for something, we're going to get you on a national window. More fans can watch, more of the fans around the country. The challenge, obviously, operationally for the team, how many nights of hotel do we need? Can we get the charter for Saturday night or for Sunday night? And certainly for the ticket holders, we we acknowledge the challenges there. But we feel like everybody's kind of gotten their arms around it a little bit. This will be think you're seven and every team in the league now has been through it at least once. So whether as a home team or a road team, so everybody's been through it now. And the response has been, you know, just again, look at the viewership, look at the numbers, look at the ratings, a chance to pick the games for national television two weeks out instead of six months out. I like our chances better of picking a game that, you know, has some playoff implications. So it's a challenge, no doubt. Um, It's an inconvenience, but um 
like we said, you know, sometimes the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And while acknowledging the challenges for the ticket holders and the operational folks and the charter airlines and the hotel people, you know, getting that right game into a national television window and allowing 15, 18, 20 million people to watch the game that's more compelling, that has playoff implications. That's sort of exactly what we're doing with flexible scheduling. So the TBD Saturday pools are, are really kind of that toe in the water for flex for the Saturdays. You guys have, and for the Bills, it's been really kind of like perfect timing with those Saturday games because they won an AFC East title for the first time in multiple decades on a Saturday game that was flexed. They clinched a playoff spot on a Saturday game. And I remember all of these because for the Saturday games like Sal, the local affiliates get to bid on those games and we've had it for the last several years and it does huge numbers for us. So it's been pretty beneficial. I know it could ruffle some feathers for some people, but we've loved it. So keep on keeping on i guess my- yeah look the truth is i mean i think we talked about this a few years ago sal for a team like buffalo before they had kind of cracked the national yeah. consciousness and before they yeah. became a brand that saturday pool is sort of like your your you know your 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 introduction maybe your 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 your, your welcome to the party kind of thing um so when you talk about which games get selected for them you know you don't usually see uh, a Dallas game, a Kansas City game, a Green Bay game, a Pittsburgh game. To your point earlier, Matt, those guys have plenty of primetime experience, primetime exposure. I'm not sure we need to expose those teams, but maybe instead of like you were talking earlier about putting a team on Monday Night Football and saying, oh, this might be a risk, we might have to flex out of it, do it the other way. Put them in the Saturday pool, and if they play their way on, here's an opportunity to reward them for that instead of punishing them for, you know, our crystal ball not being clear in May. So it's some of those kind of surprise teams. It's an opportunity for teams that maybe haven't kind of cracked the national consciousness yet to still have an opportunity. And like we said, you're getting down the stretch right there. There's playoff implications for those games, people clinching playoff spots, getting eliminated, fighting to stay alive. And these teams are going to be playing in January. It's good for our fans to kind of see them and meet them and watch them play a couple of times before, it, you know, before it's, uh, you know, elimination time. Are the Bills still in the upper echelon of the teams that are going to be showcased because of the recent success in Josh Allen? Yes. Full stop. Yes. You think about your, you know, your top end brands, you think about who do you want to watch? Who will you stay up to watch? Who will you change your plans to watch? The Bills are absolutely in that category now. And, you know, doing large part to the quarterback. Obviously there's that next step that you have to take. You see how, you know, the chiefs have sort of ascended and, and kind of risen now with a couple of trophies, you know, that's, that's really the next step for the bills. You know, the regular season success is there. Um, it, it's going to be a, you know, deep playoff run and a super bowl appearance and a, and a ring that's really going to, you know, it, it takes a while to kind of build yourself up and get into that upper echelon. But once you're there, you're kind of sticky. Like people remember and and people become fans and there are bills fans now all across the country that maybe we haven't had since, you know, the four super bowls back in the eighties or seventies, whenever it was. So um, the answer to your question is yes, the bills are there. They are in a top tier and their national television exposure will reflect that when the schedule comes out. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times that they've played Thanksgiving three out of the last four years. Um, You know, can you get, as Matt said earlier, primetime fatigue. Can you get Thanksgiving fatigue or, oh, no, hey, we if this is this is going to work, this is going to work. You mentioned that. Again, again, I would I would tell you that, you know, if our fans were tired of watching the Bills on Thanksgiving, we wouldn't be doing 30, 35, 38 million people for Bills right. games on Thanksgiving. So, um, look, God's honest truth, I, I'd be surprised if they ended up on Thanksgiving yet again. To tell you it's an absolute non-starter sure. wouldn't be fair. Um, but, you know, they don't play Detroit. 
Um, I, I don't know that you know a, a, a Thursday night game on NFL on uh, NBC is you know in the cards. My my hunch is they're probably not heading for Thanksgiving this year, but they're certainly in the conversation for Black Friday. They've got some real interesting games that. Um, again, you talk about a, a, a first time we're doing something like this, a national brand, a superstar quarterback. That's kind of what we're looking for. So they're certainly in the conversation. Be interesting to see what happens in a month. But uh, as we sit here today, they're absolutely in the conversation for Black Friday. Everybody always wants what they can't have, right? That's not just about the schedule. That's about like life in general. But I remember when the Bills weren't featured in primetime a ton, it was always the Bills don't have any primetime games. They're playing 16 games on Sunday afternoon. And now they're in primetime all the time. And you've got a contingent of the fan base that's like, man, what we wouldn't do for a Sunday one o'clock okay, game. They yep. only <laughs> one Sunday, one o'clock game last week before those week days, five. Those days may be over for a while. Uh, those days There's still going to be a few there's, there's always going to be a couple, but um, yeah, this is, this is the, you know, the coaches talk about this all the time. They talk about getting into a routine and especially for new coaches getting into a routine and they challenge us all the time. Hey, you know, I could really use like four Sunday, one o'clock games just to start the season. Like coach, that's not how this works, man. Everybody wants to see you and everybody wants to see your quarterback. And, you know, those Sunday one o'clock windows, sometimes the best we could do is distribute that game to 25 or 30% of the country. That's not fair to the rest of the fans to miss a good game because, you know, there's eight or nine other games going on at the same time. So the better you get, the more non-routine your schedule becomes. And yeah, there's obviously a section of the fan base that longs for the days of Sunday at one o'clock, but, you know, that usually came with a, you know, four and 12 record. I think everybody would rather have what we have now. Uh, This is basically a two-part question, but it seems like the majority of the really good young quarterbacks you want to highlight are in the AFC, which obviously then, you know, gets you more towards maybe kind of leaning that way in primetime games. Maybe you don't want to, and you want to even it out, but also the second part of this is the Bengals. Are they now a team that's right up there? The Bills lost them in the playoffs. They have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, team that now we can start seeing a lot more in the primetime window. Yeah, I'll take the second part of your question first. There's no doubt that if you think about, you know, that real upper tier of the AFC, I think you kind of got to start with the, you know, Trinity, the the Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City. They keep winning their divisions, which means they keep playing each other. And every time those three teams play, something crazy happens and they're always good games. And that's probably where the conference is going to get decided. So there's no question. That's the upper tier of the AFC. I think if Aaron Rodgers signs with the jets, you know, they're going to be maybe just below that. I think certainly early in the season, fan interest is going to be pretty high just to see, you know, what that's going to be like and what he's going to be like. They've got a little bit of a history there with Brett Favre coming over to the jets a few years ago and fan interest was, spectacular I, I imagine something similar this time around then you've got your you know venerable brands your pittsburgh's your new england's um and then like we said earlier you, you've got all these young quarterbacks you know the chargers are phenomenally interesting uh i'd love to know what's going to happen with lamar we may not know before the schedule comes out um to a back for a fifth year in miami i mean you could almost you know throw a dart and pick a good afc matchup right now it's great for the scheduling team it's it's awesome to have that much inventory that many good stories to be able to rely on um that being said you know you've got your old standbys you got your ones that you can always trust you can always count on 
Um, the interesting thing, as you said, the, the balance of powers maybe kind yeah. of shifted a little bit to the AFC, where for years it was always on the other side of the ledger. It was always Philadelphia and Chicago and Green Bay and San Francisco and Washington and New York. You know, those teams are still good, but you talk about, you know, I, I watch all the time on NFL Network or on Twitter and you talk about, hey, show me the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL right now it sure does seem like the vast majority of them are in the AFC. So almost any time any of those teams are going to play each other, it's going to be compelling. It's going to be interesting. Um, and, yeah, there, there's no question that uh, Buffalo, Cincy, Kansas City is, is is definitely up there at the top at the top tier. That was the second part of your question. What was the first part yeah, of your no, question? No, you got it. That was just about the uh, – does it make it more challenging for you to say we, we can't yeah, have yeah. that many AFC versus NFC, but we still have yeah. to highlight the quarterbacks, yeah. you know? Well, again, remember, the new media deals that kick in with this year – we don't really have the distinction anymore between a AFC game and an NFC right. game. Literally all 272 are toss ups. So whereas in the old days, your point was valid. You can't take too many AFC games away from CBS and put them in prime time. Right. You have to take, and it was the other way for a while, right? You could always find good NFC games for prime. You almost had to like, I don't want to say scrap to bottom of the barrel, but you almost had to like have a couple of reaches in there to get your AFC games. We don't have that issue anymore. All 272 games, every single one's a candidate for every single television window. Yes. There's still going to be an AFC slant to the CBS package and an NFC slant uh, to the Fox package. But it's, it's, if, if we all believe that more Buffalo, more Cincy, more Casey, more Vegas, more new England, more Pittsburgh, more Miami and primetime is the right thing for the fans. We'll do it. 